John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Lord, we thank you tonight for the opportunity we have once again to revisit the divine plan for mankind, the giving of your precious Son with a mission to save all of mankind. And I pray, Lord, in these next few moments that you would allow us to gaze once again, not only at the manger, but at the destination, God, that you have for him. Help us, Lord, with wide-eyed wonder to be able to see things afresh and anew and the love that you have, not only for mankind and the world, but each of us, God, as sons and daughters. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One solitary life. That's pretty good, right? Thank you, Pat. So once again, it's, it's, uh, it's powerful. And holidays really give us an opportunity, don't they, to, to, uh, to look at things anew. I, uh, <laughs> I knew this evening that we were going to be focusing on the fifth candle of Advent, which is the candle of love. It's the one that's in the center. All the other candles go around it. The, f- the fifth candle is the, is the candle of love. And... Uh, even today, I was, how many, of you, how many of you were doing last minute running around today? Anybody did any last minute running around? Anybody think you could have got it done in one or two hours and ended up being the whole day? Anybody have that experience? Because <laughs> that's what actually happened to me. I, look, I was getting to the end, and I'm doing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, and again, I thought I had it together, you know, Mr. Cool. I thought I, I, thought I had everything covered. And then the, today, well, but as I was driving around, and of course, you probably experienced it as well if you were on the streets and in these stores and those kind of things. You know, the, the thought quickened in my mind was this. I wonder how many people really get what they're doing right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how many people really understand that Christmas is so much more than Santa Claus and Frosty and all, all that stuff, right? And I just thought, you know, it's one of the things that God has really been quickening in my heart the last few weeks is this idea of love, his love for us. Now, most of you would say, you know, if I was to ask you, you know, does God love you and does God love mankind, we would, we would probably all say yes. But one of the things that God's been doing in me is, is, is showing me that there's so much more to this love than just the, the idea of mental assent or mental knowledge and, and knowing that it's true. And, of course, we've talked so many times about that the hardest journey anyone ever makes is 18 inches, right, from here to here, right, to get the love of God, not only up here that he came as a baby and he ultimately died on a cross and rose again, but, but that actual love was so deep and so powerful. In John chapter 1, uh, I want to read in the, in the Passion Translation. Uh, in the Passion Translation, John 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the very beginning... The living expression, and I love that, that phrase. In, in a lot of the Bibles, it says the, the word, right? And that's, that's great. Uh, in the Passion Translation, though, he takes it into the deeper realms of that the word is actually a living expression. It's, it's vibrant. It's alive. It's not just, you know, some words on a page or something. But Jesus Christ is the living expression. And he says, in the very beginning, all the way back in Genesis and beyond, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. 
They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. I I just want to pause there for a second. And, And sometimes... Those of you that have been around Bibles a while and the Bible studies and all that stuff, and you know, many of you have dug into this before, but, but do you understand that when God says He created all things, that doesn't mean just Genesis and you know, chapters 1 and 2 and all that, and the creation of the world and the universe. It also means that He created you. And before time began, the Bible says in several different places that God actually knew us before the dawn of time. Do you understand that that means that even tonight as we're sitting here, God knew exactly and in His infinite wisdom that you and I would be gathered together right now listening to the the thoughts and the words about His love for us. If you take nothing else away from here tonight, I want you to take away this one thought, and that is that God knows who you are. He knows exactly where your situation, and He is ever-present. He actually is the living expression in your life right now. Before the dawn of time, he knew you and he knew where you were going to be even now tonight. So it goes on and it says that they were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, including us. For nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him. For his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom. The light that darkness could not diminish. I'm just, I was thinking about, I was stuck in traffic on Grand today. <laughs> Anybody ever get stuck on Grand under the bridge and all that? Oh, my word. That, we're going to talk a little bit in the new year about the fruit of the Spirit, and one of them is patience. So we're going <laughs> to have to work on Grand Avenue there a little bit. But it's just, there's so many people, and everybody's in a hurry. But I had this thought in my mind that, that even though it's daylight, there was darkness. And that the people that were actually scurrying around doing a lot, a lot of them were just in darkness. And it wasn't something that was reflective of, the, of the, the sun in the sky or the time of day. It actually was the condition of their heart and their spirit. And this thought that God came to be a living expression, an expression of God's love for us. And it says, and this living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom. Do you know that God wants to burst through in your gloom today? If you're going through a struggle, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're in a difficult place right now, I want to tell you that there is hope in his love. There is something in his love that you're not going to find anywhere else. And it's a living expression for you and I today. So just quickly, I want to touch on three things in regards to his love. And number one is this, the source of his love, as we just read in John 3.16 and also in John 1, that the source is the Father. (laughs) I, uh... I know it was probably spoken when I was younger, but it wasn't highlighted in the way I think God is highlighting it now. And it's this one thought, that he's our father, and we are exactly his sons and daughters. You know, like, we're not just people in a church. We're not just Christians or people that, you know, what, you know give mental assent to this or whatever. 
we're actually sons and daughters. And the Father sees you and I, if we've given our life to Him, if we've, we've turned over control, guess what? We are adopted into His family, sons and daughters. And there's a Father that loves us so much. Going back to that four, uh, verse 4 and 5 there, it says that life came into being because of Him. For His life is light for all humanity, and it bursts in. Janet Oak is an author, some of you may know, ran across a poem of hers. It says, Because God so loved. And it says this, Love came down at Christmas. Love, all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Stars and angels gave the sign. Worship we, the Godhead. Love incarnate, love divine. Worship we, our Jesus. What should be our sacred sign? Love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and neighbor. Love for prayer and gift and sign. She concludes it with this line. God must have loved us quite a bit. I don't understand. I'll just be honest with you. I don't get it. How could a God, the infinite creator of heaven and earth, and the Trinity who worked together before there was even a thought of the universe of creation? And can you imagine? I mean, have you ever had a really good friend or a brother or sister that's really close? <laughs> you know, like, I have a brother and a sister, actually, and love them very much, and the thought of them ever dying or being separated or torn apart is, was, is a horrible thought, right? Could you imagine God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for all of, all of eternity? <laughs> They're together. And then because God so loved the world, he rips apart the Trinity and sends his Son to earth based on love for you and for me. And you know, that's really the mystery of it, isn't it? <laughs> the mystery of his love I, that I just don't understand. Sometimes, you know, you're around something, you become familiar with it, but do, you, do I really grasp that, that kind of love that would rip apart that trinity like that? I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't. I think the thing that God has been showing me more and more is this idea that there's so much more to his love than I've ever experienced. And I've been on this planet for 39 years, you know, so I can't see you, but I hear laughter, <laughs> right? 53 long ones, and I, or short ones, I guess, I don't know, I've got a ways to go, but, but for all of that time, I've heard of God's love, and I've experienced it, and I pray, and I, you know, I get more waves and different aspects of his love, but do you realize that there's so much of his love that... The, the, the Bible teaches us very clearly that if a person accepts Christ and turns their life over to him, it says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and you get adopted into the family. And do you realize that this family is actually eternal? That for all of eternity, I am going to be learning more and more and more about God's love for eternity. <laughs> You know, I've heard people say this, oh yeah, God, God loves me, God loves the world. And they kind of give you the hand like this, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to look at them and go, no, 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 I don't think you get it. Like the, how much you have experienced God's love is infinitesimal compared to how much love he wants to actually show us and pour into our lives. 
I don't know about you, but, but I want more, and I don't want to wait for eternity to get there. I actually want to experience his love now. And the mystery is, you know, that he, he gave, the Father gave his Son, but the Son actually came willingly. In Philippians 2, 6 and 8, again, in the Passion Translation, it says that uh, he existed in the form of God, speaking of Jesus, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. In other words, he, he, uh, he, he didn't hold on to that divinity. He didn't hold on to that trinity as his ultimate thing. No, he actually put us before that. It's a mystery, isn't it? Verse 7, it says, Instead of holding on to his divinity, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. I know some of you have familiarity with babies. You have sons and daughters or nephews and nieces and that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> back a few years ago, Sam was a little baby, and uh, he was, we had wrapped him in a blanket on a, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a sofa. And one of my grandparents, I'm not going to name who, one of my grandparents came along, and they, she's like, oh, we need a blanket. And she rips the blanket, and, and Sam goes, woof, and he just, he just lands on the floor. Now, you know, of course, have you ever heard that thud that a kid makes if they hit the ground or something, you know? It's a horrible feeling. And I thought, you know, at the time, we were so blessed, nothing happened to Sam. He was fine. But in my mind, I'm thinking, man, how easily could something horrible have happened? You know, you just... Uh, we actually had it happen to one of our dogs this week. It just hit the floor and kind of all these weird things happen to him. He's okay or she's okay. But, but how fragile life is, right? Man, you look at a little baby. You ever looked at a little baby and go, man, there's like no defense, right? Like any, if something fell on them or they dropped on the floor or something, like, like there's no way that little infant, that little baby can do anything. And here is the almighty creator of heaven on earth says, hey, son, I'm going to send you to take care of that sin issue so all those people that are lost, they actually get to come back into relationship with me. And again, Pat, in the poem, it's like talking about armies and rulers and all this stuff. Like all of that is no comparison to the love and the power that was in that little infant that day. And he, he just gave it up. He didn't, he didn't come as a king. He didn't come as a ruler. He didn't come as some great, you know, theologian or some incredible mind or something. No, he came as this tiny little infant, and he purposely came to poor people at the time. Then the three wise men show up, and they were wealthy after that. But at this moment, they're poor. They don't have any money. They couldn't even get a hotel. They couldn't make plans. They had to be born in a, in a stable. Verse 7, it goes on, it says that that almighty creator, Jesus, came as a little baby. And it says, he humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient to his father. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. And that leads us to the third and final thing uh, this evening. And that is in the response of God's love. Because as many of us know, Christmas is fun and we love baby Jesus and all this stuff. And, but ultimately, 
he grew up. He was a man on a mission. And that his motivation was always to reconnect mankind not to him and to the Father. And by that, he sacrifices his life. You know, the Bible says, what greater expression of love is there except for one to lay down their life for another? It's the ultimate expression of love, isn't it? I read something a while back. It says, if, what, is man's, what does man really need? What is grand, man's greatest need? And it said, if our greatest need was money, God would have sent a banker. If our greatest need was knowledge, he would have sent a teacher. If our greatest need was wisdom, he would have sent a philosopher. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior, our Redeemer, who takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. So this evening, we're going to give opportunity. We're going to do one more song. Uh, Musicians and singers can come if you want. And uh, we're going to sing one more carol. But while we do that, we have... uh, We've made opportunity to have communion tonight, and, and uh, communion is that time that Jesus, when he got to the end of his days, 33 years after the day we're celebrating today, the end of his days, he knew that he had come to save mankind. The Bible says, Jesus says this, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Again, I don't know where where you're at tonight. I don't know if you're listening to the podcast. I don't know your condition or where you're at. But I do know this. There's a God with so much love for you that he gave his most precious gift, his son, to make a way for us to get back into communion with him, to be reunited with our creator. So if you've never made a decision to to give your life to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. It's, it's really simple. It's not complicated at all. You just say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you to come and clean, clean me up completely. The Bible says that by his blood we are, are cleansed. And, and so you just ask him to cleanse you today. You say, Lord, please wash me. And then, and then you just turn your life over to him. You say, Lord, because we, we talk about him in two ways. We call him the Lord and Savior. The Savior part is where he washes our sins and we get to be a part of the family. The Lord part is where we turn control of our lives over to him. Many of you came in cars, you know, cars have keys. The car doesn't mean much if you don't have the keys, right? If you ever lost your keys. And when we make him Lord of our life, we're literally taking the keys of our life and turning them over to him and saying, Lord, you're in charge. Tonight, that may be a place, a first time for you, or maybe it's a time where we say, Lord, you know what? I want to just recommit my life to you, Lord Jesus. I want you to know once again that I acknowledge the gift of Christmas, and I acknowledge the mission that you are on to save me, to make me whole. And Lord, I just want to know you more. And so tonight, I just invite you to stand, and uh, we're just going to do this last song together. And as we do, I just want to encourage you to come and take communion. You can take it as a family. You can take it as individuals, however you want to do it. Uh, but we just invite you to come and you can serve yourself. And then uh, 
we'll sing and close in a word of prayer. Amen.
you're dismissed. You can hug if you want. You hug a few people and and uh, just tell them how much you love them as you go tonight.
Hello? Hello? Is this on? Hello? 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 Oh, it's not Too long, we see 
I miss you. Susie, can you turn it on? Peoples.
Moss. Goodbye.